Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What do you want to see happening? Like, is this like, regardless of like, whoever do, is doing well or not, like, what do you want to see like at the end of this tournament? Hmm. Good well, tennis I, is not an answer that is valid yeah. here. <laughs> I, I, I think I already gave it away a little yeah. bit. I would like Djokovic and Nadal to have a couple great matches. I think a lot of the other players we're talking about on the ATP side are in their 20s. Their time will come. Uh, Djokovic and Nadal are on their way out. So I just want them to have a few more fireworks in their matches before it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would echo Owen also. Like a Djokovic and Nadal match, um, especially after. A bit of the downer that we saw at the French Open would be would be yeah. worthy of um, would certainly get my attention. And then also, yeah, I, I just I just want to see the top players hold their seedings, you know, and get to mm. the latter rounds. And yeah, you know, so we can have a you know a quartet or a you know a, a good solid six to eight guys that we can rely on for you know to bigger win rounds and stuff like that, right? to win tournaments yeah. and get uh, and get people's attention that are not crazy tennis fans nerds that you know like a davidovich fakina versus yeah. uh you know tommy paul would be a great match for a lot of people on tennis twitter but if we want to go outside of tennis twitter that's not really gonna you know cut through is it so it's that so right. it's like it, i just want to see some normality and some rivalries build um and so yes. i so for me i just love to see all the players like hold their seating and uh and we get some you know consistency especially i think it's nice that we have a good mix because we already saw Miami, and that was exciting. I, I guess more gripping just to see who would come out on top and win. Yeah. But now I think it's also nice to be reminded every once in a while, you know, that uh, just that shift between normality and what post big three could look like. I think it's 
yeah, I always. It would, yeah. it would be nice to get some normality. Yeah. Yeah, 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 well said. I And a couple of things to add. I'd like to see, speaking of rivalries, I'd like to see Team back and playing mm-hmm. well and reignite his rivalries with Nadal and Djokovic on clay because he played neither of them on clay in 2020. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to see Medvedev get one good result on the clay. It honestly feels a little comical that he is number two and sort of within shouting distance of number one, and he's yet to win a match at Roland Garros. So I'd like to see yeah. that come to an end, just to sort of prepare him, I guess, for when he eventually yeah. does get that ranking. Yeah. So. And to be fair, I wouldn't even mind Medvedev, like if you're, if you're going a little bit beyond the scope of Monte Carlo and going all the way to Roland Garros, if he if he has like a, this very like run and he goes like to win like three sets, um, three matches at Roland Garros, all of them in, th- in five sets, and then loses the other one. At least that's better than losing like right away in oh, the first yeah. round. I mean, so, for him, that'd be easily his best result there. I know, and and it would at least show like that he wants to do it and that he's finding yeah. a way to do it. So that's that's a good first step, even if it's number two. And that's weird to say that it's a good first step mm-hmm. at a Grand Slam. But yeah, um, but yeah, yeah I, I think I think yeah. he's got to be the most underdeveloped number two in history, surface wise. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I agree with you. That's a good point. If he is going to lose, I'd like to see him go down with a fight at least and yeah. not do what he did in Miami. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me, the one thing is, and that one got totally consolidated when I was watching uh, a match today and then rain, rain delay, um, you know, mm. essentially the rain came and postponed all the matches. Um, they were streaming uh, a replay of um 2012 final. Uh, was uh, Nadal and Djokovic. Um, oh, yeah. And I just want to see that again. <laughs> That's the one thing that I was like, man, it's it's for for a lot of things for because it's them because it's a uh, because it's Clay and it's Djokovic and Nadal and because they're big three and things like that and also because of nostalgia. It's just gonna make me make me feel like oh we're we're back by the time that they were both like twenty five and they were awesome and they were running every single shot and. You know, it, yeah. it would just be nice to to have a couple of those things, like kind of like in a way, like when I was hoping that Federer and Nadal would play again, like a couple mm-hmm. of some three years ago, and now Federer is still playing, so I can still have that. So hopefully, this will happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, and but honestly, yeah. this goes for me for a lot of the other players that have just been missing a while. You know, for the last mm-hmm. three four years, and it just it just uh, takes me back to those years of those glory days, two thousand eight to two thousand fourteen, and when you had so many players, you know, really just at their peak. And I just want to see, I guess, Vavrinka peak later. But I'd I'd like to see him get back and do some good results. I'd like to see team back in the mix. I'd like to see Federer playing again. I'd like to see Murray also getting back yeah. and just competing and just doing what he loves. And so, and then obviously Del Potro. How can we forget about him? Yeah. So it's like, if we can just get some of these players just you know back and just have some momentum back it's like you know it, it could be it could the, the matches could get even more appetizing and we could have really good rounds early on and then we have obviously the the contenders that always live up to it on the clay like Djokovic yeah. and Nadal and team one mm-hmm. at the later round so it's yeah. like would be like the perfect you know ideal watchable tournament for everybody and especially with no no fans I think you really need stars yes. because oh, yeah. um like yeah you, you can't know, you can't people, really have like a, a repeat of Miami in a way because that would be a little it's too much to yeah, have yeah. it two twice in a row. Like I exactly, guess, yeah. yeah. Especially on the ATP, I think I, I thought the women's tournament was very entertaining, and I thought oh, the yeah. ATP really yeah. had a lack of great matches. So I think to sort yeah. of rebound from that, we need a couple epics in Monte Carlo. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It would yeah. be really awesome to have like a, some of those classics that you look ten years from now. Like, oh, you remember that, yes. that final? 
Yeah, yeah. Like, where, where tennis yeah. TV will make the extended highlights that are like 18 minutes, not three minutes. And, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I totally agree. One of the reasons I'm so eager for a Djokovic Nadal is because I watched their 2008 2009 clay matches so much, and even though I know they'll probably never do something like that again, it just makes me miss it. And mm. and I agree with you too, Vonch. I think we need new rivalries to brew and new players to peak because even these top players are not managing to peak tournament in tournament out yet so yeah. and and the the good thing about that is that every single tournament is an opportunity for them to start doing that yeah. and let's hope that this is just that for some of them yeah and this is going to sound really neutral but i just i just wish every player just i, I just love to see every player just develop you know i just i just love yeah. to see their progression throughout the whole career and i just you know if just some players can just make even a, a small stride you know get to a third round instead of a second round or fourth round instead of the first round you know me like being an american we just haven't had a great american male tennis player for so long especially on on clay most most of the americans just yeah. kind of avoid the clay or they just don't so for me it's nice but to see just that houston <laughs> right. yeah so <laughs> exactly so for me it's like nice to see like jack sock who's won it like twice but it's like i'd like to see like some players like, like just commit that's why it's nice that you know a guy like taylor fritz who's now the best american i mean on like who's ranked i think 28 or 29 but he's the top american but i, I just like to see like the americans at least make some progress like tommy paul or like uh you know if riley opelka can get stuff together get his stuff back together again and if like sebastian corda is obviously the the biggest prospect but yeah you know he's not in this draw but i'm just curious to see if more americans will play and commit through the whole entire clay court season yeah i, I mean tommy paul i think has a lot of potential he was almost up two sets to one on team at the 2019 french open yeah so we know that he can play at a very high level and i think corda is someone to definitely watch in the future as well when you were talking about american players i was saying um american male players if you add on clay to that then it goes even farther back since we've had a good one so yeah so yeah it, it would be nice just to see yeah. players emerge with more layers to their game because the atp american blueprint is big serve big forehand not a exactly. whole lot else so yeah i think it's really good that we are seeing a couple players emerge who have a bit more well-roundedness to their game definitely yeah and it's uh, like we could see you know tommy paul and taylor fritz in the first round or uh, first yeah. second round of of this tournament but it's like then you look at taylor fritz he has to play roberto bautista <laughs> so that that's it's quite tough yeah. but but yeah like now now yeah, that you ahead. mentioned it like i wanted to ask another question maybe i'll leave it for for last for last um mm-hmm. But before that, like you're talking about like developing and players developing, especially the young ones. And yeah. the the one player right now who has the biggest prospect of improvement is Felix Sojaliasim, who has just confirmed that Tony Nadal is going to be um part-time coach. I don't think he's gonna be full-time. I'm I'm not sure, maybe I'm getting this wrong. But he's at least going to be in the coaching team from for Ojaliasim. And yeah. what do you guys think of that? Like uh is this something that like um, uh, is going to improve his game? Um, there was a little bit of like a discussion on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure if Owen, you're the one who mentioned that. Like um, before that, you were talking to Jose, Juan Jose. I forget his name. Yeah, Juan Jose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he, he did a thread about it, and um, yeah. I asked what what can Tony help him do technically and he said that the biggest thing for him would just being able to help him figure things out on the fly 
and help him handle adversity well, which I agree with. And I'd also like to amend my answer from earlier. I think what I'd like to see this tournament is a Nadal OJ Aliassi match with Tony Nadal doing the coin toss before the match. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I do think, um, I mean, Tony Nadal has coached one of the goats. So I think this could be a great thing for OJ Aliassi. Yeah. He has a lot of technical talent, but as we said, he doesn't handle adversity particularly well. He sort of lacks a game plan on big points. And so if Tony can do some work with him, that would be great for him. And I think this will be a good opportunity to see it as well. Yeah, me too. I think the first time I heard the news, I was just uh, I was just taken aback like, whoa, I did not see that coming. But um, Nobody did, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I know that he's trained at the Rafael Nadal Tennis Academy. And so he knows and he has good work ethic and he obviously is very mature for his age and you know you don't just make seven finals and get to top 20 in the world for for nothing at at age 20 so i think you know while he and you know he did well to get get in this position but now he's got to take it to the next level and to see him be guided by somebody like tony nadal who's been in you know rafa's corner for for 15 years and pretty much has a scouting on you know most of the players that felix is going to be playing but also can just you know, provide him with the right mentality, I think, mentally, and also just round out parts of his game and just make him just more more of a threat week in and week out and just kind of, you know, you know, add that extra bit that's that seems to be missing, which is shot selection and point tolerance, um, like, you know, shot tolerance and then pulling the trigger, trigger at the right time and just, you know, being able, like Owen said, like to just, you know, think through think through the matches and just, you know, improve his tennis IQ just in, in general. And, you know, so he can maximize his career. And I think that's, that needs to be the goal. I mean, there was a time back in, you know, 14, 15, 2014, 15 and 16, when all the top players were having super coaches, you know, the likes of Murray would have, um, uh, Ivan Lendl in his corner and then Becker and mm-hmm. Djokovic and, you know, Federer. I mean, obviously these are established Federer and Edberg. And uh, and Nadal obviously has added Carlos Moya and, you know, know, so Antonio Nadal obviously still helps him, uh, you know, time to time and he runs the academy. So obviously a a Nadal-Felix match would be be enticing because... Bit of a conflict of interest for Tony. (laughs) For sure. I mean, at heart... He said he was not going to be in in, in either... He was not going to attend the match, I think, if they were... Yeah, I think I saw that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and so, and I think you know, clay could be a good surface for Felix. I think it could it, it could test his. It could really he could learn a lot from it, and I think it could really test his his game and patience. It would be a good barometer to see where he's at in his career right now, and you know, especially with somebody like Yannick Sinner doing very well, and you mm-hmm. know, he's obviously got his countryman. He's Dennis also, and mm-hmm. so it's just uh, you know, this is this would be great to see Felix, you know, get up there. Yes. I almost think the goal for Felix should not necessarily be results. It should just be to play as much, to suffer as much, and to like have as many close matches as possible almost. Because I feel like the biggest thing right now would just be like hit as many forehands and backhands as he possibly can. Um, something Brad Gilbert said to Agassi when he first started coaching him was like, you have to suffer, you have to lose a ton of close matches, and then eventually like this, you'll win a close one and the skies will part, and that's when things will start getting better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what needs to happen with Felix, and and that's how he's going to get from the level he's at to the next level. And so I think he should not look at it as a failure if he doesn't win a tournament. He should want to get in those difficult situations and just see how he does and learn to back himself in those moments. 
Yeah. The one thing that stand, stands out to me, which I think is just encouraging, it's and it makes me happy, is that Tony Nadal is is a, is a guy who's known for his for being blunt and for for really mm-hmm. having a profile of player that he likes to work with. And Nadal is is a model athlete for you know a number of reasons, and Tony Nadal is especially responsible for this. Obviously, Nadal has in his character to be the way he is, but Tony Nadal absolutely approves of Nadal's um, Rafa Nadal's really uh, uh, behavior on court, and I think it's really telling from for for Felix's as well, just how hard he works and just how focused he is. Um, and just how respectful he is as well for to to change, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's just going to be a sponge, absorbing all of the talent and and, and knowledge yeah. that Tony Nadal is going to have to 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 get him um, to to share with him, and that's really encouraging for Canadian tennis. I think it's it could be probably like the, a new chapter in his in his career. Um, so I'm I'm just encouraged by that. So yeah. yeah I- I'm definitely excited to follow his matches this week and maybe next week if he makes it that far and then talk about him again because I think this could be a turning point for him. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, to, to have gotten that appointment in the first place already speaks volumes about Felix because it's like, you know, to even have, to even make that be like a consideration, you know, was so yeah. surprising, let alone yeah. the actual the actual outcome of it of them actually, you know, doing a whole clay court season and then potentially beyond together. But But yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree about... Felix and yeah I mean he's only 20 people forget so you know and then even even like Shapovalov has Eugenie in his corner I know it's not the most high profile like Nadal like Uncle Tony type but it's you know these guys are taking the time to develop they know that it's not about the result this week or next week it's it's about the long haul and I think that's encouraging to see for this uh, next sort of group of guys you know born between like 1999 and and after because we already know about the established players yeah 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 it is and i think willingness to change is very big for them because they're not where they need to be and i think it's really good that they know that and their understanding of that and they know that they need to change even if they're not sure how yet Mm -hmm. so i i think that is encouraging yeah hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.